Hey, this is Mike. Hey, this is Kaz. God, God damn it. You're listening. What was that? Hey, this is Kaz. You're listening to Two Rogue Watchdogs. You have made it all the way to episode 239. Michael threw me off. Hello. I, I wanted this, this. That was that was the whole whole plan. That was the whole. That was the very much that. Hey, what are you doing back here? I've been planning it for years. It's been, <laughs> that's what you that's the hey you give someone when they're like in your shed and you're like I don't recognize the back of that shirt hey you know what I mean <laughs> what are you doing back here and just like scatter like the lost boys like climbing over like 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 walls and shit <laughs> yeah do we uh yep we are a serious podcast welcome <laughs> welcome this is gonna be a ton of fun 239 episodes in and um I think we've maybe covered stuff like this before, but here at the Two Book Watch Knobs, we are, we have fetishized the concept of calling out our own foibles as the watch family. We love to hate watch collectors. I think that's a fair statement, right, Michael? Not you guys, not the listeners. Yeah, no, no, everyone here is cool. I'm talking about the other people. Everyone, everyone, everyone here, we like you. It's the other ones we don't like. I think part of this is the fact that we've been semi excommunicated from the watch world space i don't think like we're never gonna get like a uh well basel is not around anymore we're never gonna get like a serious invite to like a show do you hear the dog i I do hear the dog i I do hear the dog (laughs) it's fine i'm gonna power through no again this is a serious podcast what i love is that we've been excommunicated from just like watch coolness but everyone keeps stealing things from us Mm, yeah, that does happen. I'm really tired of uh, people stealing stuff like the Watch Fast and the Driver Diver Flyer collection concept. Mm, um, yeah. I think you all need to dig a very deep hole, crawl into it, and slit your own fucking throats for all I care. Because it's easy to hate someone and then steal from them. This is where oh, I'm the, at. The dog is so mad at something. Dog? What's <laughs> wrong with so- your dog, dude? She's so loud. Get her on air. What is? What does she think? Because my, my cat's here too, but she's just like sleeping. I have the door closed, and she's downstairs. That's such a loud dog. Maybe she's reacting to how you said "hey" because she's like, "Oh man, Michael's Michael's saying hey like there's an intruder in the house." Hey, hey! She's just walking around yelling "hey." Yeah, possibly, possibly. Do you want to go check on your dog while I entertain the kids? No, it's okay. It's fine. It's what if there's danger? Well, Robinson. Uh, I doubt. I doubt there's there's danger. You no, trust your dog as a guard dog? Because I've been looking a lot at like home security, and everyone's like, "Huh, nothing beats a pair of big boots by your front door and a guard dog." And I'm like, "What the fuck? Just shoot the dog." <laughs> if I well, walk into someone's house and the dog's not barking, I'll just shoot the dog. No joke. I like. I've um, I've talked to a couple people and. Uh, and these these are guys that are pretty serious about home security right. and they love they love tiny little dogs because they're so so loud they're so loud they hear almost everything like a bird could be at the window and she starts barking I'm like, okay, there's a mosquito on that. the doorknob ah. yeah <clears throat> yeah so i don't know i don't trust her as a guard dog but certainly an alarm system enough to let me know that something's out there i don't know you'll buy a little dog or just find one there's like dogs everywhere Dogs are great, yeah. You, yeah, just get a free dog. Get a free, you know, I just see them all the time. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, they have humans walking them, but whatever. <laughs> Fine, I suppose, you know. 
This is going to be a ton of fun. 239 episodes in. We are going to keep the fucking hate train rolling. Episode 239 of the Two Broke Washdowns podcast is thus titled, The Lies We Tell Ourselves. Yeah, there's some classic ones in here, I know. I love it. I love the concept. Uh, the concept of this is this. We've all, I classify the predilection to collect watches as a disease. It's a disease, but it's also like a psychological condition where we perpetuate some weird lies to just keep us locked in, you know, the psychological trauma. So any sort of lie you tell yourself to maybe keep you watch collecting or to help you, you know, feel more like a watch collector. That's what this is going to be talking about. The lies we tell ourselves as watch collectors. So, I've chosen some. I don't know. I chose some. Michael doesn't know what I chose. Michael chose some. I don't know what he chose, but I'm fairly certain we're probably going to have some similar ones. Yeah. Oh God. I, I I I think some I think some folks might be surprised by some of the things I say, but I'm so um, excited. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm. Yeah, it'll it'll work out. Because I think between the two of us, you've had some you've had some doozies. I've I've made some serious some serious mistakes. Yeah. I just as have I. I've done it also, you know, but I don't think anyone has gone into watch collecting and executed it perfectly. It's just not possible. I don't think the concept of the perfect executions exists. Like it like yeah. what does that mean? Yeah, like even some of the people you see on on the big sites where they they have like insane collections. I don't know. I, they 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 made some mistakes i bet you're never going to be happy with your watch collection i don't know i don't know if that's true but well, it, it i guess it depends yeah i you know i think you might be but you're not going to be the kind of person that's listening to this podcast or like have uh rss feeds for like 10 different you know watch websites and watching the youtube videos all day like those people that have the perfect collections are not deeply entrenched in the watch world. Well, maybe they that's just... that's the, maybe that's the reality. Like, yeah. there's no amount of watch content you can consume that will put you on the path to being like yeah. a fulfilled collector. It's sad. It's a sad reality. All reality is sad. I can't think of a happy reality. <laughs> like, think about that. What reality is happy? Except maybe the reality that kitten blinks or kisses. They still make Dunkaroos. That's a happy reality. They have gluten in them? Probably. Damn it! <laughs> okay, maybe it's just maybe this is my reality that's not happy. But here, let's <laughs> let's do this, Michael. For the two hundred and thirty ninth time and for the, the seven people that still listen to this fucking show, would you like to do an audio wrist check with me? Yes, let's do it. You should go first. What are you wearing? Who are you wearing? Who are you wearing, Michael? I, I'm wearing the, I'm wearing the CWC SBS Diver. Um, it's the it's the all blacked out quartz diver from CWC, uh, and I think it's still, I think it's still the only diver that's actually issued to. Um, to British Armed Forces. I didn't realize the things were still issued. That's kind of fun. Yeah. People, um, 
I don't know. People have their thoughts about whether or not that's true. I think that's true. Um, just in my, in the way that I've communicated with CWC and, um, just like what I know from the brand and like some of the stuff they've gone through recently. Uh, I, I still think they're a company that is just really focused on fulfilling their MOD contracts. Like they're, yeah. it's, I, I don't know if there's a nice way to say it, but they're, they're not like a watch brand. They're, they're a company that makes these and the orders are filled out. They send the orders and that's that. I think only recently they started to really understand that there is enthusiasm behind the, the, the watches out there. Yeah. You know, you see websites, really good sites like cwcaddict.com. And there's, there's a very kind of limited circle of collectors um, that are just so crazy, so crazy about these watches and the history. And um, with the SBS, the, the, the black diver, it's got some pretty cool background to it because um, I think it was by 83, they were making these in quartz. They had the, the one that originally replaced the Rolex mill sub was uh, automatic movement, but these right. uh, they went to quartz later on. And apparently there were some members of the SPS in Hong Kong at some point, and they started to black out their watches cool. like just aftermarket with, I don't know, some kind of coating. I don't know what they used, but spray paint. Um, yeah, who like honestly who, who, who knows? <laughs> but they, they were blacking out the watches and some of those are actually still around. Like some people have found those original Hong Kong SBS divers. That's so cool. It's it's so wild. But yeah. The so these are the newer specifications updated and uh you know this one is not it's nothing fancy. It's uh not a T dial or anything. This is Luminova, just kind of like literally the one that you can you can be issued today. Uh, and that's one of the coolest things about it. Because I, I feel, I don't want to talk bad about these brands. I think re, in recent years, there have been some boutique micros that uh, like say like, oh, these are military watches. Like that's one of the, <laughs> one of like the biggest like fluffy marketing terms. Oh yeah. Uh, military watch. And I just... You can still get just one of these, and it's literally handed to people. Um, well, there's the there's a, there's, 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 there's a couple really fun things to unpack. Impact. I love the concept of you pointing out the reality that CWC sees themselves as what I would constitute as a tool provider first. Yeah, yeah. No, there are watch brands that are that they see themselves as a tool provider. We're providing something to certain specifications that fulfills certain functions to meet our contracts. Boom. I love that. And yeah. then there are watch brands that are just selling you fluffy marketing stories. Yeah. yeah. Oh, buy, a- buy this watch and you'll be successful in the next board meeting. I don't know. I'm thinking of Vincero just because I did that Vincero review recently. Like their, their bullshit is full of it. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, but I think to your point, when people, when I think when CWC started to realize like, oh, people who aren't, who don't actually need the function of this watch are interested in our watches. I think that's something they're still kind of wrapping their heads around. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think I figured out that, um, CWC, the, these types of watches might be my biggest obsession. Like, I believe it. Uh, um, I don't know, man, as, uh, as cool as we are, the, uh, the UK had the best watches in the military. I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty sweet. Hashtag hot um, take. 
hot take and uh what else let's see i have it on a uh i have it on a phoenix nato the uh it's it's a it's a gray black uh contemporary bond pattern and it's just such a good i i don't really post that many photos on the slack anymore of you know my daily wrist shot or whatever mm. and the mike i'll confess here it's because i'm probably just wearing this thing most of the time <laughs> that's what happens <laughs> that's what happens to me in like um in like the my my 9f courts or like the christmas chrono is like i've been wearing the same watch for like five days straight you know yeah. what i mean yeah, and I have I have another one. Too. I have the the eighty three reissue, which is the the one that I I, I did a review on on the site. Um, but I just I wear this one, I wear this one more. It's just so cool, really comfortable. Don't have to worry about it. Just like yeah. a solid, solid quartz actual military dive watch. It's always been a brand that's connected with you. I think. I don't know why it's not. You know, maybe maybe because it's not particularly special. It's just kind of it's just kind of a watch. And um See this I, CWC has something to prove. They really don't. They they I've 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 exchanged emails with uh people at CWC and I've I've been the impatient watch collector because sometimes they'll tease something uh like they they, they were teasing like a, a different kind of uh, I think 87 dive watch reissue that they might do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've, I've sent them messages. I'm like, Hey, when is this going to happen? And they're like, they're like, yeah, you know, that's fun. But we're, we're kind of in the middle of like fulfilling these, these orders. And <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they're, they're, I, I don't know. They're mostly kind of a mystery to me in a lot of ways, but I, I think that's just because again, they're, they're, uh, they're a supplier more than yeah. anything else. That's, yeah, that's what they are. And uh, they, they've done some some like bougier reissues recently. Like they came out with, uh, you know, one of those asymmetrical pilot chronographs that they mm. did with with uh, oh, new yeah. old stock, yeah. new old stock seventy seven thirty three movements. But that thing is more expensive than like. I think both eye, you and I were just eye like, eye see. yeah, right. When you I was and like, whoa. when you and whoa, I both dude. saw that, we were just like, whoa, what the what the hell? That was out of, out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but you know, back back to that very limited circle of hardcore CWC fanatics, and like you know who you are because you're pretty active on on Instagram. Um, you know, I think I think some of those people scoop them up. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. I believe it. So there's a second thing you mentioned in that you know people falling in love with something getting marketed as. Like a, like a military watch and I think there's this concept of what someone thinks a military watch looks like and what a military watch actually is you know what I'm saying um, and yeah those CWCs just capture it perfectly I've seen stuff that's marketed as like a military watch and it'll just be like if I tried using this in like a conflict situation I'd probably spend like five minutes looking at my wrist while like people around me are getting shot you know what i mean yeah guys are standing in my line i can't read my hub registers it's just like fucking dude like we don't have time for you to look at your fucking watch right now they but don't it's, but it's a military walk you know what i'm saying so it's just like sell it they all don't. michael sell it all stick with cwc i know right they don't post a lot on instagram either and they had one of the coolest uh basically one of the coolest endorsements 
uh, or not, not really an endorsement, but just like a, a very, a very cool moment that they were able to capitalize on. There is a photo of, uh, like a Royal Navy commander who's just like on the job and you can clearly see him wearing the CWC That's and he's got nice. his, he's got his, he's got his wedding ring, like tucked into the, into the strap, like, like you would. And it's kind of just, it really is the real bond watch because bonds rank was commander, I think. And you know, we, we, we argue about Rolex Omega, like the ultimate bond watch, this, this, <laughs> and that, like, this is literally that watch. So, but it doesn't fit people's conception of what they, of what they thought it was supposed to be. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I like this thing. I wear it a lot and it makes me, it, 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 it make I don't know. I get thoughts sometimes about get dark, do you get everything. dark, dark thoughts. I love when you got wine drunk and posted that the doxa was for sale on the Slack. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> and people were like jumping over each other like a fucking zombie movie to try to like <laughs> buy that watch off of you, I feel like. I don't know. I don't know how how that became the marker that the the podcast would end. <laughs> like like the end times for the podcast. The podcast is only gonna end when you finally realize when you finally figure out how to delete my contact information from your phone (laughs) as long as that air of mystery in regards to how to manage your own contacts exists uh, this this train ain't ever stopping I will say I might change my phone number soon yeah (laughs) at the T-Mobile store they're like do you want us to delete any of your contacts actually yes just one You know, I don't keep I don't keep contacts when I when I move from phone to phone. Oh no! I, I'll buy I'll buy a new phone, and they're like, uh, "Oh, you want us to move over your contacts?" I'm like, "Nope." This is the process of getting a new phone is like shedding old people. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's really refreshing. You're and gonna then, shake me off like an old dusty coat, Michael. No, I'd I'd I'd, I'd ask you to I'd, I'd I'd give you my I I'd slack you my new number. Don't so worry. wait, are you are you? You're gonna leave, you're gonna lose your Miami number. I might. Yeah. Oh, that's like that's a big deal. <laughs> if you think about it, having a phone, having the same phone number for a really long time is actually kind of a security risk. Because, of course it is. Yeah. Like, it's it's one of those things that I don't know is widely circulated in a ton of I don't know marketing data that's been mined for years and years and years. And good point. Know. I was Becky and I were talking about that, like trying to keep our numbers or get new numbers because we're gonna do the whole new phone bullshit next year. Um, I still have my South Florida number, same one. Yeah, <clears throat> you know. So I hear you. That's cool, man. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for for shaking off the old, the old area code. I have like old bosses' phone numbers and shit like that. Like, no. <laughs> I don't care if you die. Delete that person's number. <laughs> what are you wearing? Are we still doing a wrist check? We are. <laughs> oh no! I am wearing. Um, I think this is the first time I've ever had the chance to hang out one of these. Huge shout out to Skip TBWS Facebook moderator extraordinaire and OG TBWS fan extraordinaire for uh, loaning this to me. I'm wearing a skirfa. I'm wearing the skirfa diver one in titanium in blue. This matte blue. This beautiful um, kind of color. I don't know the fuck. I don't know the fuck to describe it, but like um. This thing is really nice, Michael. You, you, I, you I was very with these before. I was very, very close to buying, buying that watch from 
skip. Actually. Oh no, that's <laughs> but funny. I, but that's the thing. I I look I look and I'm like, okay, there's one CWC quartz diver. There's another CWC quartz diver, and I thought, okay, maybe maybe I should kind of simmer down. But these two watches go together like PB and J. That's what I was thinking when you were doing your wrist check. I'm like, oh, this is getting perfect. This is so nice. Yeah, no, yeah. I I <clears throat> I was not ready to kind of hang out with this this very much just kind of got sprung on me but um the second i kind of held it i'm like whoa okay this is actually kind of cool i feel like this scratches a lot of the similar itches that you're talking about with just your you know vintage military almost quote-unquote mill spec journey you know submariner case sort of hunt it I can understand it scratching that itch, but it also scratches one of the itches that I went on for a long time when I was trying to find like a 40 millimeter sub-style case homage. You remember this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I spent so long trying to find something I thought would work and nothing was making sense. And eventually uh, I settled on the Invicta Pro Diver, which is fucking hilarious to say, but that watch gave me what I wanted out of a 40 millimeter kind of sub-style case. You know, mm-hmm. um, all that said, I kind of wish I had tried this <laughs> uh, on my 40 millimeter sort of dive case journey um, before I settled on the uh, on the pro diver because this thing, this thing is fantastic. Yeah, and they're I I don't know I I always feel like the Scurfa prices is uh, they've they've also been really really good always. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Uh, oh, it's out of stock right now. Back in stock in July. Uh, it's July. Is it the ND 713 Titanium Blue? Is that ND, the one? Yep, ND 713 Titanium Blue. That's, uh, that's really cool because I think he does annually, uh, he releases a limited batch of the MS divers and the, i think that stands for military spec or, or whatever uh-huh. so the last one that he did was the ms22 in a black dial and that'll the the bezel is different on that one and i think they're usually titanium so when uh when he came started coming out with other ones in titanium uh i was just like oh this is i'm i might want one <laughs> but, this thing is this thing is sweet Honestly, in this blue also, and because it's titanium, y'all can sacrifice me if you want. I get Palagos vibes in person. I, I bet. I you know. Bet. What, you know what I'm saying? Like, if that's not too scandalous to say, like, it really is just a quote-unquote unremarkable watch, but fucking perfect for what it is, especially for the price. I mean, this thing, I, I can't get the number 400 out of my head. Is that what these generally go for? Dude, I think it might be less. When I when I bought one, I was I was in at like two fifty ish or something. Unless they maybe went up a little. Maybe the titanium's a little bit more. I had the a steel titanium, one. Yeah, it might be more. The steel ones look like they're uh under two hundred pounds, so a little over two thirty four, two thirty four USD. Two thirty four. Okay, so shit. That's. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. I'm sure the titanium is not much more. But Ooh, there's one with like a teal dial. Ooh. Or like that's more of an that's more of a aqua e blue. Yeah, and if you if you look into uh 
Paul Scurfield. Uh, I think he's we, we've never we've never gotten in contact with him, but I think he's like a pretty serious uh, tutor collector and mm-hmm. an actual actual um, diver as well. So, he, you know, he he likes the hobby, and I think he just wanted to make these to be uh, just affordable watches that I think he would wear. I remember doing, when we uh, doing a job. I remember when we used to have Terry on from Toxic Nados, and he would talk about Paul. Like, yeah, Paul took this down in the diving bell. I'm like, oh, okay, he, so he really, <laughs> he really wears these. Okay, he yeah. doesn't just put it on and like go to the fucking drive-through at McDonald's and call himself an explorer. Like, he actually like he actually wears these. <laughs> That's for people to do with the new Tudor Ranger. <laughs> to get in the line at, at McDonald's and call themselves an explorer. <laughs> I summited the top of the drive-through line on a Monday at noon. That is the worst time to go to McDonald's, and I did it. And it's all thanks to my thirty-three hundred dollar Tudor Ranger reissue. <laughs> uh, man-made horrors beyond comprehension. Hashtag summit McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? Stupid <laughs> ass watches, but no, this thing, this thing is killer. Um, you know what's also really interesting? So 500 meters, 500 meter rating. It has a helium escape valve, which is, you know, whatever. I, I, I don't need that. But what I love is I don't think I've hung out with a watch that had a meter rating this high that wasn't, or at least that at least didn't feel gigantic. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like how, let me see if I can find the actual... It says it's 14 millimeters thick. It does not feel 14 millimeters thick. Yeah, that might be the the, the crystal's pretty, you know, pretty bubbled from That's what some I remember. Um, and I mean, you have that Ronda in there, so mm-hmm. like a lot, a lot of times. Excellent you, you points. Men- you mentioned the Pelagos. It's uh, Pelagos is a pretty chunky watch, but mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you have that you have that whole movement in there, but you can slim things down with the. Uh, with the quartz movements so. yeah so this thing is yeah i love the strap on this thing like i really wish i had interacted with this uh years ago when i was on my 40 millimeter like dive watch case hunt like yeah. you know kind of submariner ish not saying that this is like super submariner ish but like that sort of classic format design format you know and um, I had my first interaction with Day Loom in a long time with this thing. Loom is good, from what this, I remember. This thing is, yeah. So keep an eye out on the site for uh, proper, finally, like a proper um, skur for review. But yeah, I, I also think, I think I'm just liking titanium watches. Because my, my 9F Quartz is titanium. This thing's titanium. Maybe I should just get all titanium watches. It'd be titanium, man. Maybe Titania Man. I, you know, I, I wonder. Hmm. T- titanium was never really a trend in the uh, the micro brand space yet. Like everybody had their. There was a year where everything was twelve hour bezels. There was another <laughs> year where every everyone went down to thirty nine. Um, you know the dive watch trend. I, I don't. Th- I beads of I rice. Beads of oh my gosh, that that was another <laughs> one. You're so right. Yeah. Not a lot. Not a lot of people mess with titanium in, no. in the kind of like smaller, affordable space. Zodiac came out with a titanium diver recently that looks really cool, but it's like, it's not 
two hundred thirty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this. Th- I, I think this thing's going to be a little more than two hundred and thirty. Really? Yeah, let, me, let, let, let me find out. Diver one titanium. He has he has another one. He has the orange one in titanium in stock, and it's two oh five pounds. So that is it's only ten pounds more. Yeah, that's two forty six US. What the fuck? Yeah. Paul, you should probably charge more for your watches. He's like the Costco hot dog of the, uh, <laughs> the micro. It's literally inf- inflation proof. <laughs> <laughs> if that's not an endorsement, I don't know what it is. God damn it! There's people yeah. who've never been to a Costco. Like, what the fuck's a Costco hot dog? But they. But I. I let me. Let me clarify. Scurfas do not feel cheap. That's also. Well, you have the Just titanium one. The steel one, I remember when I had the steel one, I, I thought this this is a quartz watch that feels like it has an automatic movement inside. Mm-hmm. It had it had some real heft to it for a quartz watch. Yeah. So um, that's 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 what I'm wearing now. I I'm very impressed with this thing. Um working on the review for the side of it, but um but yeah, I'm glad we we're able to do episode two thirty nine wrist check you with your with that particular cwc and then me with this uh with this scurfa this is like a mic wrist check right I all like your it. all your darlings in one <laughs> wrist check maybe i'll get a scurfa i don't know you should i'd like this but here let's do this <clears throat> housekeeping let's let's get to some housekeeping items before we get to the main topic the lies we tell ourselves Go visit twobrokewashknobs.com. The URL again, twobrokewashknobs.com. Um, Michael got his Bremont review up, Bremont Supermarine S302. Where are we on the saga of trying to return that watch? They keep ignoring my calls. That's your watch now. I don't know. I think I, I, I think they have a, I think they have a boutique in New York. Maybe, maybe if I go this fall, I'm just gonna walk physically return it to the boutique. I've been trying to give you guys this thing. Hello. Um, yeah. Please, I don't want this anymore. <laughs> no, it's uh, it was it was a, a really I because because when I um and, and this is not this is not unique to Braemont. Sometimes sometimes you get watches in for review and you know they'll tell you like, hey, can you do it? You know, photos and everything, and send it back within a two week period. Right. And it's like yeah, totally. And then two weeks turned into like I don't know six months a lifetime (laughs) it was nice it was really nice to spend that much time with it so the review i I, it's a it's a different review than than what would have been if if i kept it just for two two weeks so Mm -hmm. really really a cool watch you have um you have wonderful photos in here too so everyone check it out go look at the photos this thing is cool i've i love the 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 profile shot you got of this case because i think for folks that have never um interacted with this kind of tip trick case before it's sort of hard to get a sense of what it actually is like mm-hmm. this side profile shot you got is really cool it's it's uh i, I mean if you're just looking at braemont's online and you're thinking like oh man this price is crazy like you you have to you really have to handle one and potentially even wear one long term to to, to understand that case that case design is just i think that's a big part of what you pay for if if you go for a Bremont. It's just mm. really, there's there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it in, in the in the space of like larger boutique brands. 
I believe it. So cool. Uh, let's see here. What else? Go to uh, twobookwashtimes.com. Check out the Braymont, Braymont review. Um, we have our <laughs> we have our Michael Kors watch review up there. Because fucking, you know what, whatever. Um, I thought it would be fun to get a Michael Kors watch review. I purchased um, just from Amazon. I bought this watch. Like, I didn't, like, like, I, I tend to not, for certain watches, I tend to not ask brands for a review unit because they're going to make sure you get a nice watch. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so for certain things, I just like to fucking buy them. Open up the TBWS coffers. The moths fly out and just buy the watch. Um, and so I bought a Michael Kors Lexington Chronograph. Uh, did a review of that. You know, it's, 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 it's an interesting watch. In that um, if someone were to ask me, hey, I'm not a really... I don't really want to be a watch collector, but I want to get something that will you know, look nice and um, just help me tell the time what I want, I'll probably just tell them to get a Michael Kors watch. Because mm. this thing... This thing is not built with the best quality materials, nor is it, like, robustly tested by getting strapped to an eggplant and shot to the moon or some shit. Like, it's not one of those, like tech spec nerd out watches it's just a watch that exists that honestly looks very nice in photos and isn't super expensive yeah but if it went into space people would be losing their minds you know what's even you know what's really mm. funny it'd probably be fine in space <laughs> probably. probably no, no testing no testing required it would probably be fi- it would, I, what's gonna happen in space whatever Space isn't real. Space is real. Is this happening? Is this happening on air? <laughs> you know what I mean? People wear fucking the, the, the FW91s or whatever the fuck, the Casios in space. Like, well, I that's, guess that's, that's true. You know what I mean? But, like, I, I think it's unfair, and this is a real scenario that's happened to everyone. If someone comes up to you and you're the watch person in your circle of friends and they say something like, hey, um, you know, I saw a really good price on this Michael Kors watch uh, at fucking Nordstrom Rack or at fucking, like, um, I don't know, Marshalls or some shit. And um, I was thinking of picking it up. Like, what do you think? If you have the knee-jerk reaction of just going full bristling neckbeard and being like, oh my god, Michael Kors is trash. Don't buy Michael Kors. Buy a CWC. Like, don't, don't be a fucking asshole. Like, if you know that person just wants to watch that looks good just say like just tell them the truth like oh hey you know they're they're designed and built to look really good but if you wanted something to hike or bike around or be outside in look at a g-shock you know what i mean like yeah yeah exactly that's that's not the place to establish your orological dominance on someone just asking for advice (laughs) you know so I wouldn't buy this watch. I don't like this watch, but there's no reason for me to stop other people from liking this watch. And that's just how, the reality. How big is this thing? Fucking it... gigantic. Okay. It's it 45 like millimeters in diameter, 53 lug to lug. Wow, wow, wee, wow. I look like a five-year-old that stole my father's watch. <laughs> kind of, I can see that. When I wear this thing. But I, I originally went for this watch because um, I like the two-tone. 
and I like that. Um, I like this date just format. It's a chronograph with this sort of fluted bezeling and case, kind of almost oyster style case with a jubilee bracelet. Has a date just vibe, but it does not wear like a date just. It is fucking gigantor. This reminds me of a lie that I tell myself. This Which one is that? This a lie that I tell. It doesn't have to be part of the the regular segment, but a lie that I constantly tell myself is that I can pull off two tone. I can't. I cannot. I really, I want, I, I want a two-tone watch so bad, Michael. That was the other reason why, like, I wanted to go for this. I wanted, like, oh, maybe two-tone will look nice on me. I think it does look nice on, like, this one in particular, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I just... You don't seem like a two-tone guy. I know. I know. I really wish I was... <laughs> I, I think I think that can only work for me past age 45, maybe 50. Think but so? I, even even then, I don't know. Maybe I should just I, sell everything and buy a bluesy. Yeah, that, that'd be that'd be kind of cool. I think that watch looks very nice on me. It does. You just get a fake one. Oh, have you seen the fakes lately, man? It's ridiculous. You're getting good. Yeah. <laughs> how many actually, how many how many people unsubscribed? Right, <laughs> just like pff, turn it off. My 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 parents. I'm surprised. Actually, they still don't even know I do this. This one guy's recommending a Michael Kors. The other dude's recommending a fake Rolex. <laughs> the hell happened to this show? <laughs> it's really it's went called, downhill. It's called the two book watch knobs, not the two upstanding or logical watch knobs. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, definitely not not upstanding. At all. Upstanding. I think what's funny is I had to bust open this watch because I couldn't find any information on the Michael Kors website about what fucking chronograph movement was in here because it actually is a chronograph. It actually is a chronograph um quartz complication in here uh if you're curious it is the miyota js 25 chronograph i see that so that, that was actually kind of interesting um so it's it has big, that going for it big spacer in that watch it's too. a giant fucking watch dude like i don't i just it's not <laughs> it's not for me it's you know what i mean it's just not for me but if someone else likes it that's cool i think the point that i tried to make in the review also is like don't think you are getting and I think I made this point in the Vincero review as well don't buy this watch and think you're getting something on the same luxury watch scale as like an Omega Mm -hmm. that is not what you're getting no don't think you're getting that for the sweet low low price of 174 US dollars like that there's nothing wrong with wanting a good watch and not giving a shit if it's a luxury watch this is not a luxury watch so um, the brand, the Michael Kors brand, can be constituted as a widely ex- a widely accessible mid tier luxury brand, but these watches themselves are not uh, luxury watches, you know. Mm. So that review is up there. Um, we have a post on tubewatchnobs.com talking about how to start a watch collection for two hundred bucks or under. I had a fun time doing that. Um, go and check that out. Um, and then yeah. New stuff every week. Just trying to work on it. Sweet deal. Shall we? Uh, <clears throat> shall we get to it? Start. What's, start lying. Start lying to ourselves. We have to. This is not necessarily about us lying to ourselves. It's about us being honest about the lies we tell ourselves. Yeah. Do you want to be honest first? This is a safe space. Yeah, I guess I'll start with a big one. Uh, I guess. So as as the person who who recommended uh, Diver Driver Flyer a few years back, I mm. think a lie a lie that I tell myself often is that uh, 
a minimized and consolidated set of specialized watch designs will will be everything that I need and I'll be happy. This is a really interesting one because we, you and I have both really flip-flopped on that one. Yeah. So the, um, and, and if, you, if you look at the world of watch content creation, this is like one of the most popular I mean, you just brought one up, like build a watch collection for $200 or like yeah. the, th- the three watch collection for X, the five mm-hmm. watch collection for this, the diver driver flyer combination. I think uh, those are those are moments of, you know, enlightenment in some way where, where you're trying to you're, you're trying to um, inject some logic into the passion of watch collecting or, or at the very least make a plan. Um so, so you very much think that okay, once once I achieve that, that'll be, that'll be perfect. That's that's yeah. that's all I need, and that's just been, that's been a lie for me because I I think I hit that uh, a while ago when I had so I had you know the Doxa the Speedmaster, and then I've as I mentioned in the Braemont review, I'm all, I'm always trying to fill that flyer space, mm. um, and even when I did, I I. I filled it with a great watch i mean i had the bbg bbgmt for for a bit um but it was not over for me (laughs) like i was still like getting stuff i was still lusting after things and it it just like um as enthusiastic as i am of uh, about that that whole hypothesis i just it's uh it's not going to end there it might if you're a normal functioning person uh, that doesn't do a podcast, but you know, if, if, if you're, you know, if you're like digging through, I don't know, like Japanese sites and torrenting like stolen Seiko releases or something, I don't know, uh, you're that into the hobby. It's, it's not going to end for you there. You know, just that, watches. We're looking at you. Just watches. <laughs> that we're might, looking at you. That might, you know, that, that kind of exercise might help you again uh, exercise the hobby logically, but it's not going to get you out. Mm-hmm. Well, because I think it's, and that's 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 the reality. When am I done watch collecting? Never. Yeah. As long as you keep thinking, the next purchase will be the last. Like, I think it's a lot larger than having the perfect collection to get you out of watch collecting. You have to have the right mentality. Yeah. What's urging you to collect? You know what I mean? Like, I I collect watches because I like... Uh, I like deferring a sense of emptiness and boredom in my everyday into really pouring myself into something interesting. That's what got me into it originally. That's what got me so like up to my fucking gills in Soviet watches. I re- I did so much research and reading and just analyzing on Soviet watches at that time in my life back then because I just was really bored and empty with everything around me. Yeah. And so <laughs> I threw myself dick first into that. That was it. That's and like I was able to defer all that energy. It wasn't about the watches. It was about how I felt. Mm-hmm. And so it's one of those things where 
I was never going to get to a spot where I felt like, yep, now's enough. I've researched enough about Soviet watches because it wasn't about the watches. I mean, like, this is my own personal, like, interpretation of, like, that concept. Like, three watches is enough. A small collection is better. I'll be done collecting at this point. You know what I mean? Like, everyone might be, like, thinking or interpreting this differently, but but, but, but you're, you're totally right. You know what I mean? Um, the idea of, like, a small collection being right or this concept of me being done is totally a lie. <laughs> Depending on how you approach it. Yeah, because it also I think you and I, if we get into a hobby where 80% of the hobby is spending money, <laughs> I, I think we're going to feel uncomfortable to the point where we uh, we want to almost some, like just make something more out of it, which is part of the reason we run a yes. podcast and a website. And well, yeah. if you find your, if you find yourself there, <clears throat> you're, you're not going to you're not going to get out with those there's three watches <laughs> it's again it's a really good exercise it's if you're thinking about minimizing which i'm sure we'll talk about in some of these these other um these other cases it, it's great but it's not going to be like uh i don't know if it's going to be the exit strategy mm-hmm. so death i thought it, the I, own, death is the is only, the only exit strategy death is the only way out <laughs> Oh, that's great. Like Azkaban, dude, you just gotta die. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one that that's came one. that that came to mind, you know, the 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 moment you 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 brought this up. That's a good one. I like it. Yeah. My turn? Yeah. Let me look at the old list. I like this one. I, I, I find this one is pretty interesting. Um the lie, this lie we tell ourselves, a watch brand is not your personality. Mm. And what inspired me is the concept of, um, you know, you meet someone for the first time and they're into watches and they're like, they're like, you know, like, and they go, oh, I'm a Seiko guy. Oh, I'm a Rolex guy. Mm. You know what I mean? You ever, you ever, I guess it's kind of funny because we were just talking about you being a CWC guy. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know if I've ever, like, said that to a person, though. I, I, the thing that I feel sometimes, I don't know, I don't know if I, if I say things, maybe I have said things like that, but for me, it's more like, oh, if I were a watch, I would be this watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how I feel about, that's how I feel about a it's good a cute, SPS. It's a cute, it's a cute SPS BuzzFeed type. quiz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But I, I, I get that. I get, I get people that are, uh. You know, the, the people that are just like wrapped up in in one brand. Well, it's the idea that this one brand embodies so well what I want out of my lifestyle or what this brand reflects what I want people to think of me. So, <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like, and I just don't like the idea of people thinking if I just buy the right watch... That will help me like project the image I want, and that's actually one of the more interesting things about fashion. So there's 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 I guess there's two kind of schools of thought in regards to fashion. There's what you wear to help you feel a certain way, and then there's what you wear to help you project something to someone else. Um, mm. And there's probably definitely crossover between you know the two, but the scarf is a great example. 
I am wearing this Scurfa because of honestly just I like the way it feels and I like the way it looks. If I had to think about what this would project to someone, I don't really know. People would probably think I was wearing a fake Rolex or something. You know what I mean? Or like a Rolex on Oyster Flex. What's the what's the what's the what's the what's the rubber the Rolex yeah, rubber called? I think it's an Oyster Flex. Yeah. It's so fucking stupid. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I just I think that's an interesting lie. And I'll tell you I'll I'll tell you what precipitated me doing this is um, do you remember many many years ago? This feels so weird to say that when um, I was trying to buy a Panerai in Orlando. Do you remember this? I talked yeah. about it on air in like yeah, like, yeah, I remember like the single or double digit episodes. And so I remember um, this was a long time ago uh, when I couldn't afford one, but we walked into a Panerai uh, AD. It was a Mayor's, and I was looking at um, I was looking at one of the Pam models and like. The salespeople are like, they're like, they did, they like, you know, they're like, oh, you're looking at that. I'm like, oh, there's no way, you know, I can't afford it. I'm just looking around or something like that. And um, they said the stupid bullshit of like, oh, well, you know, you could just use mayor's money if you finance the watch or blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, wow, that actually sounds really exciting, actually. And like, and like, I was super excited and Becky was super into it. And they went into the back to run the numbers. And I remember there was this moment when they were back there and I was looking at the watch. And I remember they, they made me put it on and shit like that. These fucking snakes. They made me put it on and I was looking at the watch and I remember thinking to myself, wow, what is my new life like a pa- of a Panerai owner? What's it going to be like when right. I walk out of the store as a new man? Not that different. Panerai, not that fucking different. Still have bills and shit. You know what I'm saying? You'll have like, one more one more bill. I'll have one more Actually. bill. <laughs> but I just remember thinking that. I'm like, what is my new life as a Panerai owner going to be like? Oh, it's going to be... And it's just... I didn't really, I didn't think about it back then the same way I'm thinking about it now, but that was like a really toxic way of thinking about it. It's just a fucking watch, dude. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's true. I, I that's, but there's a distinction to be made here because hmm. you're, um, you're pointing out the people that are, uh, you know, they're posing that question. Well, what's it going to be like when I'm a Panerai guy? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would argue that there are like, there are Panerai guys out there in, in different ways. Like there's a, like, take the guy that runs periscope.com. Oh like that, yeah. That, okay. That That's is a, a Panerai point. guy. Or if you take somebody like Spencer Klein, like that is a Seiko, Seiko guy. guy. So in some ways, I think the watches get tangled up with your identity. Again, if you're, um, you know, if, if, if you're appreciating them in, in some way, where you're, you're scholarly about things, you're putting out content, you're studying, you're doing things. Uh, but that's, that's different from the person that's like, oh, when I finally have the Rolex on wrist and I'm the guy with the Rolex on the wrist, everything's going to change. Like that's, yeah. that's the distinction there, I think. I, I, I like that. So there's, and again, it goes to the internal versus external. So folks like the, the individual that runs periscope or periscope i have no idea how you you say it um it is not integral having the world see him as a panerai collector is not integral to his passion for panerai history probably yeah he would do that fucking shit if no one was reading it yeah 
Or he would still have that. You, you know what I mean? But that's different from the person that's just like, oh, I'm really excited for everyone to see me walk out the store with this yeah. Rolex. I'm going to run my fingers through my hair every chance I get. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm going to reach for the door every chance I get. I'm going to make sure I hold my drink really high every chance I get so everyone sees my Rolex. But that, that, that's actually a good point. So that's... I will accept that a differentiator between this lie, the lie being, you know, a watch brand is their personality. So that's a good one. Yeah, the... the you know that that watch is not gonna it's not gonna change you and I, i've been i've been guilty of that too he's like oh i oh, same because because yeah. you know when you when you're um you know like take an iwc for example it's like oh like or i even before that the Speedmaster. like wait what's it gonna be like when i when i get the the Speedmaster? it's like not much different i the best part at least for me and is that i'm, I'm not looking at Speedmasters anymore so <laughs> That's, that's how your life is different that yeah that might you have less money and you might obsess uh over something just a little bit less <laughs> i love it what uh what else you got on your list lies the lies we tell ourselves as watch this, collectors this is a fun one and this is one that i've been thinking about lately because the prices i think the prices have gotten uh, they've gotten a little bit better but a lie that i tell myself a lot is that i don't need an skx this is fantastic. I'm just so I'm so embarrassed to admit that I've like made this mistake how many times? It's had, I've lost count. I had the orange one, <laughs> had the yellow one, which is freaking awesome. I can't believe that. Yeah, that's uh, right. I've had like four of the black ones. So the was ones, the next is the next one the last one? The Pepsi 175. And you know what? I lie to myself harder. When I when I try to when I try to um, you know deny that I've that I've done this, so I've been looking at I've been looking at the Pepsi ones again, and I'm like, if I get one, it won't be that crazy because technically I've never had a double O nine. I had oh a one seven one seven five. I had a one seventy. <laughs> so it so it it wouldn't be mentally ill of me to purchase this the double O nine neck beard gymnastics. <laughs> I know, dude. So I just. I think it's a lie that I have to stop <clears throat> telling myself. I, I and this is you know what this was sparked by the the new GMTs that uh, just I think a lot of the retailers started started to get recently. Seiko five GMTs. Yeah, the Seiko five GMTs, and and uh, you know Just Watches did a review. Uh, Spencer Klein did a super long, very detailed unboxing of two of them. That's really good, and I'm just like, man, that case is awesome. Mm. I think I said it in one episode. I, I I really do think that that Seiko Diver case where you got like the you know, I think the from the earlier sixty three oh nines to the seven thousand twos to the SKX 007s Like I really think that dive watch design with that asymmetrical crown that kind of morphs out of the case. Yeah, I think it's superior to the Submariner case. I just Ooh. the the design is that's fired. The design is just so so awesome. How much are these Seiko Five GMTs? The GMTs are four hundred ish. I but the the thing is I can't. I, this is gonna sound again very neck beardy, but I I really wish they had a screw down crown. Uh, I think I think even um, Spencer Klein said he wanted to experiment. Uh, he wants to see if the the guts the movement and stuff can be taken out and put into a 
like an earlier SKX case. So that mm. way you'd, you would get, you would get the GMT inside of a case with a screw down crown, which would be wild. I'm like, looking at this thing now. Pretty cool. 400 bucks is a little high. I was thinking maybe we could get one in for review. It'll it'll come down. I think probably come down. Yeah, it's still it's still very very early. Uh, I I think again retailers just started getting them, but yeah, the, just seeing those and like the uh, the just watches review and all that stuff. I'm like, man, is there a teal one? I mean, there might be. The Seiko Five, the new ones, they've they've really been experimenting with with color lately. So, is he blue? Is he orange? That's it, black, blue, orange. Hmm. Okay. So I just, I just need to, I, I don't know why I, I got into the mood again. You, you remember when I was like, oh, I'm gonna collect all the colors. I'm gonna I remember, <laughs> yeah. And I think I did. I had there was a there was a moment where I had the, um, I had the orange, the yellow, the Pepsi, and a black. What's just, that teal one? Is it like a teal any digi one? Oh, dude. Now you're talking about the seven five four eight teal that's a quartz diver that was made like for one december in the 1980s <laughs> and that, then everyone was shot afterwards <laughs> never to be made again <laughs> that one that was really cool oh that's good that's a good one so we're gonna get we're, we're gonna get another skx this is happening i don't know man i don't know if i should what if i just get hurt again <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know. There's like inflation. That's a thing. Like inflation is certainly a thing. <laughs> I don't I have more important things to worry about. What if what if we compromise? What if you get a really killer SKX like poster and put that up in your office? A poster? A poster. Yeah. I like how I love how disgusted you were at the notion of a po- poster. I don't yeah. know, man. But maybe that maybe just that would scratch the itch because maybe you don't need to own it. Maybe you just need to see it all the time. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Oh. Like it, it got to the point where I I um yeah keep talking about them a lot, but I'll put on, you know, Klein vintage watch videos on YouTube because they're pretty long and he it's it's almost like Seiko ASMR for me at this point because he's <laughs> he just has it's just like a camera over and he like he's fiddling with these watches and saying stuff that I'm not smart enough to keep up with, but I'm like, oh, that that's a cool looking watch. Talk dirty to me, Spencer <laughs> Klein. <laughs> uh, so that that's a lie that I tell myself a lot. What have you you so you have a home office, right? Yeah. Have you like have you decked it out and decorated it like cool? Is it like a cool hangout spot, or does it look like a small bomb went off like my office? Dude, I I was I was thinking about asking you, but my office is just never clean. There's just like, there's a broken spring bar here and a spring bar tool and a checkbook and an old receipt from the post office and a bill that I never paid. Chick-fil-A cup from me from like, you know, 2007. The the shell of an external hard drive that I shucked, like, like, it's bad. I, uh, where I currently am now, we're renting here and I'm in one of the bedrooms as an office and like because we're so we're building a house and while we're building i'm renting here and like we've just not unpacked like i'm just living in boxes and so i have not taken steps to um po- properly appoint this place as my kind of office as my hub but i have plans to do that in the um, in the office in the place that we're building so 
I'm very much looking forward to that. My wife works uh, at a state psychiatric hospital mm-hmm. and she came into my office once and she's like, it, this looks like something like one of my pa- one of my patients would live in. Like, next up is the white coats. The white coats just taking you away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's tough because it's, um, you have to appoint and design your office in a way that facilitates how you naturally work. So your office right now is a reflection of how you naturally work, which is not to say how you naturally work is bad. It's just don't try to figure out how you think your office is supposed to look like from other people's offices. You know what I'm saying? You, and you have to create zones. So in my future office, I'm going to have a, 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 a music zone for my, my guitars and my and my monitors and things like that. And then I'm going to have a, a reading zone where I'm going to um, have all my built-in shelves for all my books and shit with like a big sitting chair. And then I'm going to have my work zone where my laptop is going to be. You know what I'm saying? Like that. that's helping me keep things organized. Yeah. Uh, and it's bad because I get I I I get into the uh, the YouTube the YouTube space where you know people show their their office setups and they're they're like super clean crazy well produced videos and like they're like soy facing in the thumbnail like oh like <laughs> yeah just I don't know you I, also can't you also can't judge them from that that's not yeah. real life yeah anyway. you know what I mean. That's but, the same. It, that's the same level of cleaning you do before your parents come visit your place. Yeah, that's maybe not how it really is. Maybe maybe an SKX poster is the first step. I think there's there's a that's the first step, <laughs> and then a, and then a PRS on the wall. Ugh, no, I don't, we, I don't know about that. We we both have the same diary. I think we're just, <laughs> we're just reading from each other's diary at this point. Uh, what's your next one? Uh, let's see here. What do we got in the old? Ah, uh, this is an interesting one. This one is going to be controversial um, because of my very, I mean, you know me. I'm very extreme with my views. I'm very, it's either all or nothing. I tend to not be in the middle of some things. The lie that I realize we tell ourselves is that, listen, everyone, this is watch collecting. There's no such thing as best value, air quotes, in watches. It's a concept that literally doesn't fucking exist. If you come to me and you say, oh, hey, the uh, Seiko 5 GMT is MSRP at 500 bucks, but I got them for uh, 300 bucks. It's automatic, GMT complication, in-house movement. That's great value for money. No, you fucking dickhead. That's stupid. It's watches. That's still a $500 watch. It's still, yeah. But this is watches like... It's little pieces of metal and plastic and glass. How can that be good value for money when you don't really need it? Your phone tells time. Fuck, you could tell the time from the sun if you really wanted to or if you were bare grills. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing about the watch that actually, for the majority of people, if you're a fucking underwater oil rig welder and you're like, well, I use my, I'm not talking about you. Talk about everyone else. <laughs> I die for clams and I need a... W- I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about everyone else. Talk about the people driving in fucking Fort Tauruses to work wearing dive watches thinking that they're really going to use the watch today. You know what I mean? 
Like, the concept of a value for a watch does not exist because we don't need watches. Hmm. These are <clears throat> these are fanciful novelty luxury pur- uh, purchases. Never delude yourself. Don't 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 drink the espresso in the fucking AD when they're just like, huh, dollars to donuts. This chronograph's the best value because it's got a fucking blah blah blah. No, that's stupid. It's a watch. Go pay your rent. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> my favorite is when it gets to something like uh and i'm sure we've done this on the show before uh but when it comes to something like a a perpetual calendar (laughs) and it's a perpetual calendar that's like okay maybe it's maybe it's twelve thousand dollars and we're like whoa that's a good value for it's a great value we have done that of course we've done that it's a lie. It's a, it's a lie we've told. We tell ourselves like, oh, that's a great. I I've totally made that comment about like fucking the automatic, uh, the uh, the Tissot Swissmatic automatic chronographs. Mm, yeah. I'm like, dude, best value, cheapest automatic chronograph that you can get. You know, you can you can find them for three four hundred bucks. That's a great value. No, it's not. Go buy some fucking groceries, man. Go feed your family. Like, I'm not saying don't buy watches, but don't walk around thinking you got the best deal in the room because you got the best value because you only paid $18,000 for your fucking Batman GMT. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, I got in at a really good price. It's like, dude, shouldn't should you be like solving world hunger or something? You know what I'm saying? It's just like, I, it's just so funny to me. Have you contributed to your IRA this year? <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> dude, you could have maxed that shit out. What are you yeah. doing? Like, but that's one of the lies you talk yourself into a purchase because you think you're getting a great value for the price. Mm, yeah. Don't believe the fucking salespeople. None of them like you. If if you if you if if a salesperson sells you a watch and you you know hung out with them for an hour and they really worked you into the purchase and you're just like man that was a great experience and you go and drive home and you're stuck with a fucking eight thousand dollar brick on your wrist, the salesperson is not driving home thinking man I had a really great day I made a new friend. <laughs> They're not thinking that they don't give a fuck about you. No one cares you, about you. Are you telling me the nice Italian man that sold me the the Panerai and? He doesn't. He doesn't think about me. He doesn't have fond memories of you on a Sunday morning. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, dude. There's no value. Salespeople don't care about you. Stop lying to yourself. I'm not saying don't collect watches. I fucking love watches, but just don't think you're getting a good deal. Yeah. Ah. What do you got? What's on your list? This is fun. I like this. <clears throat> I haven't spat iron in a long time on air. I don't think. <laughs> So there's one. Um, so back in 2015, uh, it's really, really good piece of watch media content. Actually, there was a talking watches episode with. Uh, I think he's, I think he's head of market development at Facebook. Maybe the guy's name is Matt Jacobson. He has like one of those really cool collections that resonated with me because they didn't. I think he's finance. Oh, uh, okay, something like that. What, Sorry, go on. I'll, 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 I'll Google. You talk. One of the suits at Facebook, um, and it, it was cool because there the collection wasn't. It wasn't like super rich guy. I mean, it had like a really old Nautilus. But this is uh, this is way before the 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 Rolex boom that's happening. Uh, 
and he kind of mentions how he how he got his stuff back when nobody cared about subs mm. and, and all that kind of stuff. But it, but what was cool was that he he said he had 10 watches and uh, one thing stuck with me. He said if if something comes in, something has to go and that thing that's coming in needs to be uh, better than what it's replacing. Mm. So for the longest time, I took that that last part of, you know, the statement, if something comes in, it needs to be better than what it's replacing. I took that and understood it as if you're replacing something, it needs to be uh, more expensive than what it is than what it is replacing. That's the trap. Yeah. Yeah. Head of marketing development. You're right. So um, like take the take the uh, take the CWC, the 83, the the 83 diver that I have. Like I've said that that's kind of like my mill sub. I actually, I think this guy has a mill sub. He literally, he has an actual, yep, that's a nice one. Um, so for the longest time that was like, okay, this is, this is kind of like that mill sub slot in my, in my collection. It technically is, but it technically isn't kind of thing. I I have fun with it. And CWC makes, um, they make an automatic version, uh, which is way more expensive than, than the 83 quarts that I have. And even to even to this day, sometimes I think like, oh, am I supposed to, re- am I supposed to eventually grow out of this eighty three and get the, the expensive automatic one? Like, is that what I'm supposed to do? Um, so I I guess I guess what I'm trying to, I guess what I'm trying to present to the listeners is the idea that the next step is always a more expensive step. Yeah. And, and I don't think it is. And I, I think that came from misunderstanding uh, those words, something better. Uh, something better doesn't have to mean more expensive. I think what it means is uh, something better just for you at the time. So I think um, I replaced a lot of like Steinhardt's and uh, not to say that they're bad, but like you know, other military homage watches, I replace those with this CWC. And I think that is, you know, technically something better, at least for me. For you. Because the concept in watch collecting that we've talked about a lot that is truly toxic, possibly the most toxic, is that your worth as a collector is measured by your budget. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to be a better collector, you need a bigger budget. Yeah. That's just, this is not how it works. Yeah, so I think I, um, yeah, really, you know, making the mistake that the the next step has to be like more expensive than your last step. Or you, I, I oh, I, I think, um, I think people people position it this way: you're graduating to to the um, next when you when you graduate to the next watch, graduate to the next watch, graduate heard, to the I've next. I've heard one. that. I've heard level up too. Yeah, level up. So stupid. So that that's a and that's a lie that I've I've fallen for definitely. Um, what do you think perpetuates that? Why why do you think we feel like the better version is the thing that's more expensive, or ne- or we think that needs to be more expensive? Oh, sadness, a hundred percent. Just uh, just unhappiness, uh, lack of lack of uh purpose in some other area of your life and you know un- unfortunately the luxury realm is a, a trap 
um, that, that folks fall into to, to, you know, I don't know, get that little bit of joy and, and, and like purchasing something, we say retail therapy or whatever. <laughs> and, you know, when you, when you do that, if, if you also show that you spent, spent some money, like you get an extra boost and it tells people something. Yeah. Yeah. It tells people something. And if, if you have like nerdier circles surrounding you and you're so entrenched in that, uh, you can, you can do even worse for yourself and maybe even stretch your budget more than you should have. That's the takeaway from Michael's last one. Save your money, get better friends. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. That's, uh, oh, this is getting dark not an american psycho man like you don't have if your circle of friends perpetuates this notion of like um it's like the stupid card scene in american psycho that's a really that's a really good or when they go out for lunch or something it's like 600 bucks not bad (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's good that's a good one i like i like the show i like doing the show with you we should keep it up we should yeah we should keep going Oh, what time is it? Okay, we probably have time for two more, maybe one more piece, right? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Where am I? Is it my turn next? Mm-hmm. Ooh, this is a good one. This is kind of related. This is kind of related to what what you were just talking about, I think, but maybe not so much focused on you surrounding yourself with watch fronts. Michael, have you ever done this where you're in a room? maybe by yourself like you're at work or you're like just grabbing a snack or you're just somewhere where you're alone you're like not with your regular circle of friends you're just in a space by yourself but you're surrounded by other people you don't know do you ever kind of just look around the room and be like yeah i probably got the coolest watch in the room right now i don't know if i've i don't know if i've ever done that really i've totally <laughs> done that with like with like work people or like just in life just walking into rooms you know i mean maybe maybe i might have done that pretty early on actually totally done that i'm so bad at that i'll be <laughs> like i'll be like yeah probably the coolest <laughs> watch in the room right now it's so stupid you know what i mean yeah. like so for, first of all that is a really dumb fucking reason to even want to wear a watch to feel like you're the person in the room with the coolest thing Oh, I'm the person. I, I have the coolest. I'm wearing the coolest cock ring in the room right now. I'm more likely to, I, I think I, I'm more likely to do that if if it's like, a, I don't know, like a watch meetup or something. Like, hey, it's kind of cool that nobody else has this doc set. <laughs> you know, like maybe, maybe, right. like maybe a situation like that. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. And then somebody walks in with an original 67 black lung. And then, and then you just walk out the back door. Yeah, <laughs> I'll I'll just leave to the kitchen. Just don't mind me. <laughs> you can keep my coat. It's fine. I'm just gonna go. <laughs> but uh, it's um it's an interesting lie. This uh, concept of feeling like you have the coolest watch in the room. Yeah, for for, for the the, for the first reason because that's a really stupid reason to own fucking anything. Um, to feel like you have the coolest thing of version of that thing in the room. Um, the second reason, what the hell does cool mean? If you're at a bar and you're like, oh, I have the coolest watch at the bar right now. If the fucking bartender's wearing like a Casio 5600 or a, like a AW168 or whatever it is, sorry, their watch is way cooler than yours. I don't care what you're wearing. What does cool mean? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think you said it. Like the watch doesn't make the 
doesn't make the man or the woman. Whatever it is, whatever, however I phrase, I can't remember saying that, but that sounds really good. Yeah, <laughs> I think you said it that way. I think you, it was it was very, uh, it really resonated with me. It's like, yeah. The I, problem with these episodes is it's very much like a fever vision. I really don't remember. <laughs> well, this whole podcast, <laughs> I don't remember anything I say on this show. And then I'll and then we we post the episode. And I'll have people message me or send us emails. Be like, oh, that was really great. When you said that. I'm like, oh my god, I said that's horrible. Yeah. I don't remember saying that. Uh, you use the R word. I'm like, oh, damn. What, what is that? What's the, oh, I'm so interested. Tell, tell me off air. That's that's fan, that's fascinating. But yeah, the, the concept of feeling like you have the coolest watch in the room. It's a total lie. Don't do it. You're just perpetuating some fucking toxic ass thinking. All right. The hardest thing we're ever going to have to do as watch collectors, Michael, is just collect for ourselves. We're going to struggle with that the entire... That's our, that, that, that's our fucking... That's the boulder that we got to roll uphill, man. That's our that's our struggle. That's our hydra. Like you know, I have bad you know. news, man. I don't think I, I I don't think that's possible. I don't think it's possible to collect for yourself and be so entrenched in the hobby of watch collecting. You have to. You have to. There's like, a social aspect of it. Yeah, yeah, and especially if you're creating content and like reviewing stuff and. I just had the funniest. Just had the funniest fucking image in my head. How boring would a watch forum be of one watch collectors that'd be kind of yeah that'd be kind of fun i don't you think know it'd be fun i think it might be fun i think the wrist yeah. get old after a little while you know that's that's the thing it's like oh um i think a, i think a better example is the instagram account because <laughs> you know you have that non-stop scrolling the never-ending scrolling you have that um that slot machine like uh, mechanics where you're swiping down for something new yeah um and a watch think of a watch account where it's like uh like my seiko turtle and it's like a shot of the same watch every single day it's just it's just photos of the turtle should i do that with the big zero should i open up an instagram account called my raketa big zero and literally every day just take a picture of my same big zero you can dismantle the two broke watch snobs account just delete every photo and then do that Michael the history I don't care I don't care <laughs> I don't give a shit screw Instagram oh that's so funny but no that's that's that that's a good point actually I like that hmm. <laughs> oh man what about you got any more got, got one last one I think I'm, I'm I'm trying to figure out how to articulate this because it's just really it's kind of mush in my head right now but okay I can deal with mush um so if you're i I think if you're trying to and this this really like i think this speaks to me if you're and i guess it's more related to falling for the it's not necessarily a lie that uh, i think i've told myself it's a marketing lie that i've fallen for many times this is is good i like this um and it goes back it goes back to stuff like uh the military watch thing or or Mm. it could or it could um like say that there's somebody that's really into soviet watches right but you're talking talking to one but they haven't had the pleasure of encountering with your truly authentic soviet watch content and you're like the historical pieces that you've written on the site and things like that Mm. uh and they just have a very surface level understanding of it and they fall for this like i don't know some brand has like a very loose tie to a soviet factory and they 
like spend a thousand dollars on a reproduction, I don't know, mm. Vostok or something. Um, the same thing can happen to the person that's like really into James Bond. So they bought like the, uh, the, you know, the 007 Bond for like $5,000 uh, back when they, they made the one with like the little 007 on the second hand. <laughs> so I think, um, I think it's falling for the lie of marketing watch marketing that like this this thing this this bond image that you want to make for yourself or this uh, historical um corner of watch collecting that you want to like tap into like you need to do it through us because we 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 are the ultimate entry point uh for you to achieve that yeah and i I really i i started thinking about this because um I've had discussions with two different like non-watch people recently and they had one thing in common. They, they asked me, um, Oh, do you follow, do you know that person watches of espionage on Instagram though? And it's like a newer account. And the, the, the guy I think is like, I think he's former CIA or something like that. And he's just like, the account's not like not dressed up or anything. He's, he's posting like, uh, like, watches that are worn in military circles, watches that are worn in intelligence circles, things like that. And it got very popular very fast. And I noticed that it got popular with uh, like some non-watch people. Huh. And I think, I think the reason is um, like take, take the military like watch thing. Like that's, that's the real stuff there. It's not, it's not the $6,000 uh, or the, four thousand dollar pelagos fxd or the six thousand dollar uh omega bond watch or the nine thousand dollar one in titanium uh it's more it's more likely than not something like a casio f190 whatever whatever it is yeah yeah so i i guess i guess it's less of less of a lie that i tell myself and and more of a marketing lie to to kind of um be weary of watch marketing will often take a very small aspect of something and stretch it so far to make you think that like the only entry point into this speck of interest that you might have is through our super expensive watch yeah when it couldn't, not, couldn't be I'm, further from the truth i'm not a real bond fan if i don't own this james bond omega release or something exactly like exactly yeah. it's this idea of um I mean, it's it's analogous to the idea of almost buying cool. You can't buy cool. You can't buy your way to being an authentic Bond fanatic. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, it's also one of those things that I think people can generally use as like a, a physical totem to show other people how much into James Bond they are. Like, oh, that that you know, oh, you really into James Bond? You bought this fucking six thousand dollar paperweight with with a couple characters on it that's really cool yeah. you know what i mean like it's it's that's that yeah that's a good one actually it's funny i'm struggling to phrase that as well but you're totally right because that exists that exists not just in watches but like everything yeah I, I could have articulated it better but i think only recently again I, and i bring i bring that account up for a reason um because i, I think I think only recently, at least for me, I, I've started to look at watches a little bit differently because I think a lot of what interests me 
in certain watches is like real world use for example i i, yeah. I really i really enjoy utility in and watches and then as a result I'll, I'll i'll get into something like oh the apollo whatever story and like that's why you need a speedmaster or like <laughs> like james bond and like you know that's you gotta have an omega Gotta <laughs> and then it's it's kind of funny to see somebody like uh maybe perhaps a non-aware or an unaware watch brand like cwc po- like repost of this photo like oh here's a cool photo of a commander somebody took <laughs> wearing one of our watches <laughs> but like zero marketing material other than that and it's just like it speaks volumes more than I don't know that sexy shot of Daniel Craig with the, uh, you know, with the new, the latest Bond watch. Right. That's funny. That's a good one. I think that's like a solid lie. Yeah. To round it out. And a, a lot of people fall. I mean, it's it's. Oh yeah. It's the secret weapon of the of just like the the AD salesperson. It's like, yeah, this watch went to the moon. Like, well, I mean, so did my dad's G-Shock, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so. so the tinfoil, you don't see me nerdy out over tinfoil. Like, whatever, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Can you imagine Reynolds tinfoil rep? Reynolds, we've been to the moon. I bet you their sales would go up. I have no idea if it was Reynolds tinfoil rep. Please don't send me a bunch of random emails. It's just the first fucking tinfoil company I could think of. Some some uh some like moon landing like denier would be like actually will write to us and yell at us about the moon landing. Oh my god, please send us your hate. <laughs> send us your hate at tbws.contact at gmail.com. That email again, tbws.contact at gmail.com. This has been fun. I always like being um uh, annoyingly introspective with you. Yeah, it's a, it's a, not annoying. It's a fine exercise. I think uh, it's really. I think some people really just want to do an episode on the best dive watches for under five hundred dollars. You can get. <laughs> I guess that's what Google wants us to do. That's what Google wants to do. I think people will just really, as a palate cleanser, be like, "Hey, can we just talk about the best GMTs under a thousand bucks for one episode, guys?" <laughs> like we just... know you guys are really sad and you're having. Yeah. A <laughs> Kind of like you're still recovering from 2020 and <laughs> yeah, dude, isolation. It's, and it's still 2020 in this house, man. All right. <laughs> I'm killing no one says. No, it's good times. This is a fun one. I mean, um, I like the idea of making this a recurring segment. So we'll call this part one, the lies we tell ourselves. Um, next episode, let's bring back one of the other segments, actually. We have a few. We have a few running around right now. We have a few. I still think a Q&A is going to be kind of fun. We can do a Q&A. Um, if you have a question that you would like us to answer for the next episode, Q&A episode, which I'm guessing is going to be episode 240 of the Two Book Watch House podcast, you can email us at tbws.contact at gmail.com. That email again is tbws.contact at gmail.com. Don't message us on Instagram. Um, you know what I'll do? I'll make a post on Instagram, and if you want to submit an idea for the Q&A, just comment on that post. Um, that'll be the best way we see it. It's like a photo of your face. It's just going to be a photo of my face, but like from up, and I'll have like a bathroom light behind me as unflattering, and I'll make sure there's a, like, 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 I'll just like, I'll be sawing a piece of wood to make sure there's a bunch of like debris in the air. You know what I mean? Like as unflattering as I could possibly make this photo. Yeah, you got to make a like a, a YouTube thumbnail for it with like your mouth open, like your surprise, like, 
Have you uh, noticed? Like, why is that every YouTube thumbnail for I everything? Hate, I hate. I hate. Do we have a minute and a half to talk about YouTube? I yeah, hate. like if I'm trying to find like a video on a on a vacuum cleaner, it's like it needs to be a guy with his mouth open, like ooh, ooh. <laughs> it's, it's like. Bec- Mr. Beast, Mr. Beast had like that success, and now YouTube requires you to like basically do that. Eat it because you, because we as humans are fucking stupid. So if I go and Google best vacuum cleaner review, and I see someone's face who's going, I want to know what's making them make that face. I need to give a fuck about the vacuum anymore. I want to see what's making that person react that way. Michael, I hate. I hate the face video. Uh, even watch reviewers are guilty of it. There'll be a thumbnail of them like holding their nose, like "ooh, Rolex mistakes," like "ew," and it's like "fuck you." Don't be tripped down the stairs and break everything in your body. Like, what's wrong with you? I'm telling you, for for a moment, a very brief moment in time, I, I was like, "Oh, I really want TBWS to go hard into into YouTube. It's gonna be awesome." And then it, I was just like, "I have to do all these things now." Like, no, it's not a no. You you're 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 preying on people's psychological and instinctual sort of habits to click on your video. It's not about offering information. It's about, oh man, I want to see what's making them react like that or oh man, I don't want to make whatever mistake is making this fucking, you know, twat bag hold their nose and shake their head in the thumbnail. I'm going to you know what I'm saying? It's not even about the thing anymore. Michael, if I had it my way, <laughs> The internet wouldn't have changed after 1997. You and I were talking about this yep. in the pre-talk. The, the GameCube is the marker. That is That should have been the pinnacle of tech. It should have stopped there, and then we would have been fine. Two book wash knobs. Search for us, AOL keyword, TBWS. <laughs> Ask your parents Christopher for jumping online, kids. That was peak internet. What the fuck did we do to the internet? Yep. Like, it's just... it it. It's just, yeah. Y'all don't want to hear me talk about the internet. Yeah, yeah. You don't want me to go. <laughs> yeah. we, can, we can, we can end it here. We can, we can, we can we're, we're, we're cutting it here. But no, yeah, no, we're not getting, I don't want to get into YouTube. I don't, no, I just, the only YouTube channel I'll ever watch is Just Watches. Yeah. There's some other good ones out there, but the, yeah. No, it's just, it's, it's, it's Just Watches. They're, they're not doing, they're not doing the, uh, the face in the thumbnail. Next time you're looking on YouTube, just think about a re- just think about why you click on a video. Yeah, that's a that's a yeah good point. Just think about it. If you, if someone gets you to click, just think about how they got you to do that. Um, I'm sorry I wish death on so many people this episode. I feel like I did that um, a lot, which is fine. I'm fine with that. I've come to terms with what I am, but just want to put that out there. It's all good. We forgive you. We forgive you. I'm gonna buy a scurfa. I'm gonna retail my therapy. I'm gonna retail therapy myself out of this pit of despair. I've, I've, I've dug for myself. I'm gonna buy a scurfa. But buying a scurfa will not make you Paul Scurfield. Oh, <laughs> man, man, uh, fuck. All right. Oh, what do you want to do? Is that sad time? Yeah, we I guess we gotta go. We can let the kids go. I gotta eat lunch. Oh, yeah, lunch is good. I gotta have breakfast. Gotta eat breakfast, dude. It's so it's so late for breakfast. Go 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 have brunch. That's a good idea. Go have like a peach bellini or a mimosa. <laughs> That'd be fun. Right? Fuck yeah, dude. I know how to brunch. <clears throat> I'm a brunch slut. Do not get me started on brunch, dude. <laughs> All right. Give me some brunch advice when we're done. 
Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Here, let's let's do this. Um, that's that time. We'll let everyone go. Hope everyone enjoyed episode 239 Two Book Watch podcast. Send us your hate. TBWSIContact.gmail.com. That email again. TBWSIContact.gmail.com. That sounds about right. Also, keep an eye on the Instagram. You can post your Q&A ideas or whatever the fuck when I put that post up. Uh, it'll go up this week. And then, yeah, look forward to the Q&A episode next. I think that's everything. Sweet deal. Thanks for <laughs> listening. Thanks for listening, guys. My name is Mike. This is Kaz. You have been listening... I hope the two broke watch knobs. Later.